Hey friends, welcome to the Overwhelmed to Intentional podcast. My name is Kristen and I am your host. I'm a life coach helping overwhelmed millennial women live a simpler, more intentional life. Today I want to talk about how and why your emotions are productive. And I have a personal story to share with this. This was not what I was going to talk about this week, but based on my experience over the last couple of days, I have learned some valuable information that I want to share with you regarding emotions and processing your emotions. And the reason this is so important is because if you are like me, which I imagine many of you are, (laughs) you don't necessarily say out loud, I don't think emotions are productive, but you go through life as if you believe that processing your emotions is not productive. And here's how that looks. You tend to stay very busy. You are more distracted than you are present. You are either on your phone or tending to someone or taking care of something or working in some way, but you're constantly busy doing something. You don't spend a lot of time sitting and feeling. (laughs) If you feel sad or upset, you tend to push it down and not sit with it and process it and feel it all the way through. You're more on the spectrum of, I don't really have time for that. I'll deal with that later. And it's likely why you resonate so much with constantly feeling overwhelmed and the messages that I share because you tend to be overwhelmed because you stay very busy. You fill your calendar with a lot of things. And even if your calendar isn't filled, you fill your time with a lot of things. You can always find something to do. And if someone needs you to do something, you say yes. And even saying yes and doing things for other people is often a way for you to avoid your own emotions. And you're not consciously doing that and saying, I'm going to keep saying yes to all these people so that I don't have to feel what I don't want to feel. But that is what's happening. You are avoiding a feeling. And what you think you're avoiding is disappointing other people by saying yes. So you think if I say yes, I'm not going to disappoint other people and they won't have to feel disappointed. But in doing that, you're disappointing yourself because you don't actually want to say yes. You don't actually want to do more, but you think that someone might be, might be disappointed if you say no, when really the truth is you are disappointed. But instead of feeling the disappointment in yourself or even feeling the discomfort of saying no, because Often for people who constantly say yes, saying no is very uncomfortable. Instead of feeling that discomfort, you say yes to avoid that feeling. And of course, you stay busy and your life is very full. And underneath all of that, there are a lot of feelings happening that you're not feeling. It might be disappointment. It might be frustration. It might be resentment. (laughs) It could be a range of things that's underneath there and it's simmering under the surface and you aren't fully feeling it. That is what I want to talk about today. I want to talk about how important it is to feel it, to feel whatever it is for you. It could be any emotion that you are avoiding and often we think of the emotions we avoid as negative emotions. They aren't negative. 
They aren't bad. They won't hurt you. They're just emotions that feel less comfortable than the, quote, positive emotions. So for me, I discovered this week that I was resisting the feeling of sadness. And in my resisting of it, it bubbled up and I could not control it. So here's the story. Over the weekend, my mom and I went out of town. We had a nice little stay in a tiny home in a cabin in the North Georgia mountains. And it was lovely and we hiked and we read books and we sat by a fire and we ate good food and it was wonderful. And on our way home, I was headed back to Greenville, South Carolina, where I live. And my mom was headed back to Georgia, where we're from. Well, the part of Georgia where we're from. We were in Georgia. And we got a phone call from my sister. And she said, our family dog, who we have had for 15 years, we think. We've had her for a long time. (laughs) We think it's 15 years. She is in the final stages of congestive heart failure we think things are not looking good. We probably need to spend time with her and say goodbye. So on Sunday, I ended up taking a turn. (laughs) Instead of going to Greenville, I ended up going back to my hometown. And we ended up spending the day with our girl and just processing through what was likely our last day with her and trying to figure out what to do, make the decision, do we wait and let her go through the process of dying naturally? Do we put her down? And a lot of factors in that. She is, of course, an older dog. We think she was 17. We're pretty sure. We think we got her when (laughs) she was two. Our dad got us. We begged him for a dog. He got us this dog, someone he knew had this beagle, and they... I guess no longer wanted the beagle. I don't really know the story, but dad took her in and we had her for 15 years, a very long time. So she was with us through so many things. She was with me for half of my life. I'm 30, so I've known this dog for half of my life. And she was a very, very important part of our family, of course, as dogs are. If you're a dog person, you know this. She was in... um, in the final stages of heart failure, and we discovered that recently, this dog has been through so many things. She was hit by a car twice, two different times, and recovered from that. She's had not too many other health issues in terms of, I mean, she never had cancer or anything like that. She uh, did have a kidney issue once. I think she had a UTI maybe, and So we dealt with that. She (laughs) gained a good bit of weight. My grandma would feed her lots of food that she did not need to eat. And so she gained quite a bit of weight. But in the last couple of months, my sister and brother-in-law took her in and they got her healthy and she lost weight and she was exercising more. And then we found out that she did have congestive heart failure. So she was starting to go down, but we found out last week that she was in the final stages and at this point it was it was just a matter of time so we knew that her dying would mean that either her lungs would fill up with fluid and she would potentially suffocate or she would have a heart attack and we did not want either of those things and so we also knew that we had the option to to put her down well of course that is a 
a decision that you don't actually want to make because you want them to live with you for as long as possible. So we spent Sunday talking about that and spending time with her. And then on Monday, things just were continuing to get worse. So they took her to the vet and did a, a wellness check to see at this point, how much time does she have left and what should we do? And ultimately decided to put her down. So that was Monday. And then on Tuesday, now I had been upset over this, of course, but had not gotten super emotional. I was a little, I was a little sad, not a little sad. I mean, I was definitely really sad, but I was visibly sad with her on Sunday. I was crying a little bit then and I mean, just thinking about it all, I was a little, I was a little upset and shed a few tears, but nothing, you know, no extreme waterworks or anything until Tuesday. So on Tuesday, I had, we had our final practicum call in my life coach school training. I am currently going through my second certification. I am going through the life coach school to be certified as a life coach and we do these calls where we have to coach each other and it's timed and it's a way for us to see where we are in terms of our coaching. <laughs> and I was assigned, we never know if we're going to be the one coaching or the one being coached until the day of, but I was assigned to be coached and I was going to be the last one to be coached. And the very first person on the call said, I'm thinking about getting a puppy and she wanted to be coached on her, her thoughts about that and how it would work with her life and all of this. <laughs> And even then, I was like, you know what? That's okay. I'm okay. <laughs> and we get to my turn. And what I was going to be coached on was, was more about uh, the relationship with my ex-husband and how I'm currently navigating that. And I started talking about how we made the decision to put our dog down. And I just lost it. I mean, completely lost it. Could not stop crying. I was so sad. And I was just... <laughs> Like crying and crying and trying to process through this and trying to answer the questions <laughs> and be coached. And I realized, oh man, I don't fully process emotions. I keep them bottled up. And when they come up, it's like the volcano erupts. <laughs> and that's only because I have pushed them down for so long. Here's the thing about our feelings. They are vibrations in our body and our body holds on to our feelings. And I always like to say thoughts are of the mind and feelings are of the body. So our feelings are held in our body and they are felt, of course, in our body. And so when we ask ourselves questions like, where do I feel that? Where am I holding onto that emotion in, our, in my body? It's never, like, it's in my, it's in my mind. It's in my, it's in my head. <laughs> Usually we say it's in my chest, it's in my stomach. I can feel, you know, my shoulders rounding over or this tightening, or I feel open and expansive. And I notice that my shoulders relax and my chest opens and that sort of thing. We always describe them in relation to our body. So anyway, the the volcano erupted. <laughs> I could not stop it. And I was feeling 
extremely sad just so sad i'm i'm such a dog person i have my dog marley every one of my siblings has a dog and we have our family dog which is the one that we lost so such a dog person feeling so sad but then at the same time i was experiencing this sadness from another loss and for me it's this feeling that i've not fully processed um the feeling of sadness and of loss from my divorce so i simultaneously all of these things were bubbling up and i'm feeling all these things i'm feeling really sad could not stop crying and then i get off the call could not stop crying <laughs> like half the day is spent crying and being upset and you know all of that i got nothing of my to-do list done so yesterday afternoon one of my peers in my life coach school class of course was there for all of this and she said hey if there's anything you want to talk through even more and coach on this even more i'd be happy to to coach you so we get to our call yesterday evening and we're talking through all of this and i'm realizing yeah after the call i realized there's more there was more sadness and grief and all these feelings that i'm experiencing that i had not recognized were there and that i was telling myself i shouldn't feel that way i should get over all of this i should not feel sad and essentially i was resisting the feeling of sad and i said something about how emotions are not productive i don't remember what the question was we were talking about why this is a problem why am i making it a problem that i have these feelings and that i spent most of the day processing them and i said because i've always believed that emotions are not productive emotions <laughs> are not useful in producing something and so then she asked well, what what's productive for you how do you define productive and I realized I defined it as doing something for someone else. So for me, I spend a lot of my day and most of my life, honestly, doing things for other people. That's where I believe <laughs> my worth is defined. And if I can prove myself to other people by constantly doing things for other people, then I will, of course, feel worthy and valid and like a, a valuable member of society. Except none of those things make me valuable. My worth is not defined in what I do. It's not defined in especially what I do for other people. But I could never do enough to be worthy enough. I am already, as are you, innately worthy. We are worthy as human beings that exist on the planet. <laughs> we need nothing else to be more worthy. We don't need to make more money or do more work or take care of more people to be more worthy. Your worth is infinite and it is innate. It is within you. And I was defining my worth as being productive and I was defining productivity as doing things for other people. 
So when I had a day of not doing anything for anyone else except myself, and I spent most of the day processing the emotion of sadness, I got to see, oh wait, emotions are productive. In that processing them and feeling them gives me so much value and so much relief. Let's say I never had that experience and didn't process that. I would go on as a life coach with this underlying belief that processing emotions is unproductive. All the while, I'm teaching you that processing emotions is the best thing you can do. To feel the feelings, to process your emotions. And yet, I'm still over here believing that they're not productive? I don't think so. (laughs) That goes against everything that I'm teaching. And if I'm not living out what I'm teaching, what's the point? (laughs) What's the point of even teaching it? So here I was face-to-face with this belief that I've carried that emotions are not productive. And yet I'm teaching that emotions are incredibly productive. So it was very interesting for me to have this realization and have it by my emotions literally bubbling up and erupting simply because I had this thought of I should get over it. I should not be sad. And I was I was believing all of these things about how, you know, I, I just shouldn't, I shouldn't feel that way. I shouldn't feel sad. We knew that this was coming. And, and same goes for my relationship. I've, I've had that belief of I shouldn't be sad. I should just get over it. And it's kind of a cultural societal thing too, where if you end a relationship, you decide to move forward that, okay, move on. You know what I mean? Like there's just this like, oh, you just move on kind of subconscious belief there. And I could not seem to do that in a lot of things, like in terms of relationships, in terms of of having this experience of feeling really sad. So anyway, all of that to say that in my discovery of feeling all of these emotions, <laughs> I learned how valuable they are, how much better I felt, and how I would never tell any of you to not process your emotions. I would tell you to sit with it and be with it however long it takes. If it takes you five minutes, if it takes you five days, if it takes you five months, whatever, to be there. And of course, we find that when we process the emotion all the way through, it usually dissipates pretty quickly and we feel better. You might feel that emotional hangover, I guess we could call it, (laughs) where you do feel a little tired and a bit drained. But the reason you feel that way is because you let it build up for so long and you had put so much pressure, and by you, I mean I, had put so much pressure on it that when there is that, that release, that breaking point and the release, that it does feel exhausting because all this time and energy you've spent 
putting the pressure to not let it come up and to not let it bubble up. And what I think it's, I don't know who originally said this. I don't know if it was Brooke or who, but Brooke Castillo of the Life Coach School or who said this, but resisting emotions is like pushing a beach ball underwater. You keep trying to push that ball down and it keeps popping back up. (laughs) You try to push it down and it pops back up. Push it down and it pops back up. How much energy you spend pushing it down, holding it underwater versus just letting it pop up and letting the emotions come up, come to the surface and be there. And as they are there, they usually dissolve. And then you have, you know, if you have another thought again and they come back up, great. But being with them, letting them be there, defining them, saying, okay, this is what I'm feeling. This is how I'm feeling this. This is where I'm feeling this in my body. This is what this is like. It is so much freer than trying to push it down, trying to resist it. When you allow the emotion to come up and you process through it, and you learn to do that on a more regular basis (laughs) versus letting it build and then explode, (laughs) it is the most amazing thing. Your feelings are not a problem. Emotions are not unproductive. We are designed to feel feelings. The point, the whole point of the human experience is to feel all the feelings. To feel the the depth of sadness and the height of happiness. It's all supposed to be there. There's no problem. There's no problem. But many of us grow up around people and experience people saying oh don't be sad it's okay don't cry or we watch maybe our parents or our grandparents or people in our lives not experience their emotions they're stoic they keep it together (laughs) they don't don't show emotion showing emotion is a sign of weakness that's a lot of what that's a lot of what men are taught which i think is of course completely incorrect but we are, we're taught all of these things, either verbally or non-verbally by observing people. We carry that with us and we get into adulthood and we try to suppress our feelings and then something triggers it and they all come up because the feelings are going to be there. They're in our, our bodies. They exist. Tears exist. <laughs> Crying exists. <laughs> like all of these things happen and they're supposed to happen and they're part of life and feeling them is the best thing that you can do so of course in feeling that and going through that I am then able to take that experience and teach you and guide you and show you how valuable it is I would not be able to tell this story and explain that to you had I not gone through that I needed to experience that so that I could tell you all about it because I think that it's incredibly valuable and I think that if you are anything like me which I imagine you are (laughs) you go through life avoiding feeling feelings and you stay busy and you stay distracted when all you're avoiding is a sensation in your body that by feeling it and processing it there will be so much relief on the other side So that is what I wanted to share with you today. 
more of a personal story, but I think it was a great lesson for me (laughs) that I needed to come face to face with. And it is an area of growth that I am, of course, still working on because growth is forever. We never get to the point where we have arrived. So this is something that I am still working on. And as I work through it, I, of course, will bring you along and teach you as I go. So hope that is helpful for you. If you want to understand how to feel all of your feelings (laughs) and use them for both experiencing the human experience fully, which is the point, and taking them into the life that you want to create, that is what I help my clients with. We feel it all, we process it all, it is always going to make you a better version of yourself. And I would love to guide you in that experience. I do that through one-on-one coaching. I've had some people reach out and ask, like, how does it work? What's the next step? The next step, if you're listening to the podcast and you're loving what I'm sharing, the next step is to work with me one-on-one. And I work with my clients for six months at a time. We do every single week. I work with clients for one hour. We do a coaching call every week. You come to me initially and you say, okay, at the end of six months, this is what I want to have created in my life. It can be something you want to bring to life. It can be a goal. It can be a business. It can be growth. It can be money. It can be weight loss or or a healthier body, whatever that looks like for you. A relationship. It can be anything that you want. And it can also be, I just want to feel better. I don't want to constantly feel overwhelmed. I want to feel intentional in my life. I want to feel happy and thriving in my relationships. Anything that you want, you can get it through coaching. I know that without a doubt. I have created a lot of amazing things in my life through coaching and I have let go of a lot of things in my life through coaching. It's been incredible, both both sides. So if that is what you're interested in, I do work with clients for six months at a time. Every single week we talk and we coach and then I offer lots of additional things like Voxer support. You can chat with me through Voxer. (laughs) Things come up in between our sessions. You can also give you a workbook, lots to work through, lots of prompts to work through. And I, I cover everything. (laughs) I'm going to help you sort through every single area of life because it's something that I've done and that I've found valuable. So you can work on all of it. You can work on one thing. Doesn't matter. The, the material is there for you to work on. So that is what we do and the way to find out if that's something you're interested in is you can book a clarity call with me. It's a free call. It's a one hour call. We talk about your dreams, the vision, the goals that you have and how we will bring that to life together if we're a good fit. We find out if we are, if we're not (laughs) and you can make a decision. There's no pressure. You will just decide if it is a good fit for you. And then the additional thing that I'm currently offering right now, if you are interested in one-on-one coaching and you have a business and you want to work on the things that matter in your business, things like making money, (laughs) being productive as it relates to your menstrual cycle. So we're not hustling all the time. What we're doing is working alongside your menstrual cycle so that you are working in sync with when you can focus more, when you need to rest more, when you have lots of energy and when you have very little energy. We work with that. It's not about hustling. It's about doing the work that moves things forward in your business. Teach you about marketing, selling, I mean, everything that you need to know (laughs) in starting and growing a business. And we do that 
starting in April. This mastermind is going to start in April and it's going to go through September. If you are a one-on-one client of mine and you have a business, you get the mastermind for free. The only way to be part of this mastermind right now is by being a one-on-one client of mine. This is a test, not a test, but this is an experiment that I'm running um, and I'm going to teach my one-on-one clients so much information. So if you want that, you automatically get the mastermind by signing up with me one-on-one right now. Of course, it starts in April. So you want to sign up for coaching this month so that you can begin that in April. And in our coaching time, we will work on you and your mind and your beliefs and all of that. And then in the mastermind, you will get teaching, lots of information. So all of the links to everything will be below. The clarity call, the mastermind, my email list, coaching, everything. (laughs) And then links to find me on Instagram and other places. So that will be there for you below in the show notes. Thank you, of course, for listening today. Know that your emotions are productive. They are there for you. They serve a purpose and they are very, very important for you to process through and feel completely. They won't hurt you. They actually feel pretty amazing to fully experience. So go out and experience your emotions and have a great week. I'll talk to you next week.